and welcome to the Lazy Parenting Podcast, hosted by me, Stephanie Kennedy, the self-proclaimed OG lazy parent. Every week, we're going to dive deep into the concept and methodology of lazy parenting, and I'll share all of my tips and tricks and strategies to help support you in this crazy journey of parenting that we are all on. So listen in, implement the strategies, and watch as your children become more independent, more capable, more self-reliant in all of their things. You'll be amazed as you watch their confidence grow, and they become happy, joyful, kind, empathetic, young adults ready to head off on their own, living their true purpose. Sounds exciting, right? So let's go. Let's all become lazy parents. Welcome to the Lazy Parenting Podcast. I'm really excited today. We have a very special guest joining us today. Her name is Amy Hudgens, and she is the co-founder of the Nourished Girl Project. So welcome, Amy. It's great to talk with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for having me on today. I really, I'm just so excited. Yes. Um, So let's just first, if you could, please just give an introduction of yourself and what the Nourished Girl Project is all about and how you fell into this or where your passion came from? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the founder of the Nourish Girls Project, and I actually co-founded this project with my 11-year-old daughter, Nyla, who was nine at the time, because we um, like started this at the very end of 2018. And we just had this kind of idea that we wanted to co-create something together. Um, and I said, you know, what do you think of the Nurse Girls Project as a name? And she's like, I love it. So we just started, you know, taking the seed, the idea, and really the mission of the Nurse Girls Project is to empower and support and inspire preteen and teen girls to really live their joy, be kindness activists, you know, just be confident, be them, and dream big really all about just anything is possible when you dream big. Um, so that was kind of like the, the, the start of what we wanted to do with the project. And we knew we wanted it to be a mother-daughter creation. And then something kind of unexpected and cool happened. We, we draw from an inspirational deck every day um, from Gabby Bernstein. I don't know if you know her, but Uh, We draw from her like inspirational deck um, just about every day. And one day Nyla was like drawing her card, you know, reading it. And she's like, mom, what if we developed and designed a card deck for girls my age? Like this is kind of, you know, we can draw off this, but I want to do one for girls my age. And it was like, okay, cool. And, you know, not very much longer. Um, we started having some art experiences with preteen girls. Long story short, 16 preteen girls. I think it was about six different art experiences. And we developed a 52-card deck, inspirational empowerment tool called the Nourish Me Card Deck. And it has, um, I have a couple here to show you really quick. Like the front of it is rainbows. And on, oh, thank you so much. Um, I know it's hard to see on Zoom, but the front is rainbows, and then all of the cards um, have messages in them, and they're hard to see here, but they're all messages that each girl created from you know their heart, from what they're feeling, and all the art is created by the girls by watercolor. 
And so we just thought, well, we have a mission of the Nurse Girls Project, and now we have a product, and it just has kind of taken off from, from there. So, you know, I could, t- I could talk about this for four hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to go specifically. So I, um, as you know, I have four children and my youngest is 11. And so she is just hitting that preteen tween age and hitting, um, starting to go into puberty as well. And so I know that one of the things that you talk about based on your experience with women's health and Um, nutrition is about helping parents and moms navigate these waters of preteenhood and tweenhood as they start to go through that. And I know that you have a three-step guide that helps parents navigate that. So I was hoping today we could work through and you could give like a little synopsis of the three different steps. Um, And then at the end of the podcast, I know that you have a special uh, offer for the listeners of the podcast as well. And we'll kind of talk through those three steps and then I'll ask questions along the way. And um, I'm looking forward to this because I've done it with one, but she was yeah. really easy. She was the oldest and she kind of just did it all on her own. I didn't really have to do very much with her. Um, exactly. But now I have another one going through. Yeah, no, totally. And how it kind of came to be so great questions. I love all of this. And, you know, I have an 11 year old too, so it's just so relatable is that, you know, my background is in, I'm a board certified nutrition consultant for over a decade. So I've been working with busy moms and kids and their families and preteens for for a long time. And, you know, the more exposure the Nourish Girls projects started getting, the more questions I was getting from moms and grownups all about puberty, periods, prep, and like they're changing everything. So I kind of decided that, wow, this is coming up a lot, you know, and the theme was around, I'm not prepared. I don't really, you know, I don't have time for one more thing to do. Tell me what to do, Amy, you know. So I um, developed a three-step system all around really nourishing and supporting the preteen, teen girls changing everything. And the three steps are kind of like this. The first step is really about nourishing and um, kind of like supporting and nourishing the changing moods and body because that comes up a lot, right? I don't Mm -hmm. know if you can relate, but wow, one day, you know, your daughter could be this way and within moments it could change. So, you know, there's a lot of like just things that, you know, are changing fastly. So that is the first step. The second step is all around really empowering her to fill her energy bank. So it's really about building these anchors around things that you can do, that the the preteen can do for herself to nourish herself, to feel like her energy bank, which I call it, is very full. To really recognize those signs when she's starting to feel, you know, maybe a little less full in the energy bank. And then the third step is all about kind of, you know, this age girls are starting to put a lot of more products on their body and using a lot more things. So just really talking about, you know, some safer skincare options that they could use, how to protect the endocrine system, and some really cool um, ways to like learn about more organic products, you know, because like they're developing so much now. I really am passionate about all things that can really 
kind of lower the load, you know, just living in the world sometimes, breathing the air, being out and about. Sometimes we just have a higher load of, let's say, toxins or, you know, whatever you'd like to call them. So it's really, the step three is really just all about things that she can use or the family can be more aware of supporting the, the endocrine system with products and, you know, ways to be able to check the products you have now. Awesome. So if we can go through those steps a little bit more in detail. So the first step, you talk about the hormones, like yeah. the fluctuations of hormones and all of the moods. I've been relatively lucky with my kids so far, I think partly because of their being quite healthy and active. And I think that the mood swings in our house are a little bit, not quite as high, like they're a little bit flatter because, you know, we're pretty um, on top of anytime I feel like, you know, moods are getting a little bit elevated, whether it's because they're hungry, whether it's because they've been in the house for too long, you know, we are pretty adamant about getting up, getting out of the house, going for a walk, getting fresh air, um, how we're feeding them in regards to sugar. And I mean, my kids eat a lot of sugar. Don't get me wrong. It's Halloween right now. There's so much chocolate in the house and all of that, but more so having that conversation with them, which I'm wondering if that's one of those things that you talk about with the moms is, Yes. Making sure that we put work, like names, we name the emotions. We, we teach the children to be able to themselves self-diagnose yep. that they feel like their, their hormones are kind of going crazy or they're a little bit more irritable or they're a little bit more sad or those sorts of things. Is that something that you talk about with yeah. moms or? Absolutely. 100%. And I love that you brought that up. I think it's really about being intentional, you know, teaching them these, these tools about being really intentional and, um, being sustainable, meaning like being able to like sustain their, their energy levels. Are you getting enough sleep? What are you eating? When are you noticing that you have maybe a little bit of a crash? You know, do you need to eat a little bit more protein in the morning versus at night? You know, just really gauging them, helping them, but also empowering them because I know you're really into a lot of that too, you know, just about, Hey, yes. you know, let's, let's, these, these are things that, you know, we can do it all just not in one day, so to speak. Right. But just really empowering them with these tools and going back to the question you asked around the hormone support, I'll give a few little tips about that. Really being active, of course, you know, exercising helps with serotonin release helps with, you know, oxytocin release just helps you feel better, helps everything kind of move. So really, you know, um, encouraging moving your body for at least 30 minutes a day. You know, that's something that I talk about a lot. Um, And then things that will support some of the systems in the body. And I like to start, my kind of like motto is nourishment made simple. You know, we're all busy. How can we use food in a simple way to optimize your liver, your gut, your digestive system, your brain, your nervous system. An example would be for the liver is really simple. You can use a little bit of lemon, put it in her water. What does that do? That helps gently kind of detox a little bit the liver. Move it in a very easy way. You can also introduce, you know, some bitter type foods. So that would be like arugula, artichokes, um, or cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower. And I'll hear a lot, my kids are not gonna eat arugula and you know, artichokes or whatever. 
But I'm like, well, maybe she will use the lemon in the water. So it's not coming from a place of you need to do all of these things because that's not right. how I that's not how I roll. It's really like individual, customized, meet you where you're at, and just use one or two of these things if that makes sense. I know that with habit building, I'm a yeah. big proponent of the 30 minutes exercise and habits, and I've been working really hard on through COVID, just on myself with my own health and my own mental well-being. It's always easier I find to add habit than it is to take away something so even if it is just figuring out can we cook the broccoli or something like that in a way that they'll eat it whether it's raw or cooked or you know adding one kind of thing into our kids habits as well into their diet I find that that's often helpful as well oh yeah I love that you mentioned that because it, it is these anchors and these habits that as you know when you do them over time they really kick in when they need to, you know, and things are different right now. Kids are on computers a lot more, you know, we're experiencing just a different time. And so while you're building those habits and then weaving in, you know, let's say the roasted broccoli or the cauliflower mash maybe, or a little bit of arugula with some dressing on it, you know, and having them be the driver too in the decision-making, like getting them mm -hmm. involved. I think is really helpful because as you know, sometimes they'll be like, I'm not doing that. You know, I, I want to make my own decisions. Great. Let's think of some options. You know what I mean? So when I think one other tip around the nervous system, which everyone's nervous system right now, I think has, you know, maybe had some sort of feeling to it that may be different that, than before uh, COVID hit is just getting your feet on the ground, your bare feet on the ground, just really simple things. You know, that doesn't mean you have to go to the beach. Doesn't mean that you have to go to a forest. It's just get your feet on the ground outside. Maybe take an Epsom salt bath. You know, Epsom salt um, is really good for getting into your skin, which is the largest organ in your body, and have the magnesium, the calming effects. You know, if you don't have a bathtub, you can do a foot. You can take some magnesium and put it in even a pot and stick your feet in it. So a lot of people say, oh, we don't have a bathtub. That's not going to work. No, no worries. Put it in a little pot. Put your feet in it. So it's just really about finding simple tools. One other thing I'll mention is the sugar because it does come up a lot. My daughter's craving a lot of sugar around, you know, when the hormones may be fluctuating. And I, you know, I'm the nutritionist that likes dessert. So, you know, here I'm, I'm going to say, all right, what is she craving? Is she craving apple pie? Is that what she's wanting to eat? Well, let's maybe take an apple round, you know, put some like almond butter or peanut butter on there, maybe some berries on top. And there you have, you have a raw apple pie. So it's kind of about taking the things that, you know, she really likes and swapping it out to something that maybe is a little bit more nutrient dense and could really like serve her less and serve her body. So, and I'm not like pro never have a cookie. It's like, there's a time for all that, but I'm just saying for the long haul. Right. And I just, I mean, I think having these open conversations with our children as well, like I now I'm done having children. I'm not in pre-menopause yet. I'm still like, I'm not quite there yet, but like I can definitely tell when my period is coming because I crave chocolates like sugar. I crave the sugar and so having those conversations with my kids like open and honest yes. them understanding that these hormones like 
trying to get them to understand what's happening inside of them that when they all of a sudden see that they blew up at their sibling that they might realize oh you know that might be because of something going through I'm going through puberty and my hormones are kind of all out of whack right now or what did I eat or did I not sleep enough or like just having those conversations always I think the more we can educate our kids to take control of their own bodies and their own feelings and their own reactions to things I mean, I think then we're setting them up for success for the long haul, right? So Yeah, and I love that you mentioned just having these conversations, you know, and having them see us be kind of going through our own fluctuations and the humanness, you know what I mean? And just the open conversations, I really believe are so important. And I know that everybody has different conversations and there's no, you know, judgment or agenda around any of this for me. It's more like, just like you said, just kind of talking about it. And, you know, if you have some chocolate, it's okay. You know, it's, it's like, I love chocolate. I eat chocolate probably every day. You know, I eat a little bit more dark chocolate just because it has a little bit more of the benefits in it. But you know what? I love chocolate. <laughs> They're eating a lot of chocolate right now. But again, I think it's important that they, like having a conversation, like, well, how much have you had today? How are you yep. feeling? What else have you eaten today? Right? Like, what are you balancing that chocolate with in regards to proteins and fats and vegetables and that sort of thing as well. So yeah, um, and a lot of time with the sleep when with the sugar cravings or when they're really wanting that, like you said, you're so I love the questions that you're asking them because it really goes back to what, you know, what is kind of maybe a little bit depleted or you know what's needed. So or have you drank water today? You know, have you had some protein? You know what I mean? Have you moved your body? If after you do all that you're still like really craving this then have some have some chocolate or whatever you know but really just seeing what else may be needed Mm -hmm. awesome the other thing that you touched on that i wanted to go back to is this idea around um tweens especially as they're going through puberty this need for for them filling i call them buckets but like i call it like the power bucket right they need the attention bucket filled and they need their power bucket filled and i mean from babies till they're out of our homes, they need these buckets filled from us while they're living with us. And so the power bucket, I feel, is one of the ones that maybe give parents a bit of a hard time as our, as our young children start to go through tweenhood and into uh, becoming a teenager. Do you have any thoughts on that or things we can do as parents to be aware of that or to help them with that? So tell me a little bit more what you mean by power, uh, power bucket. Is it kind of like uh, how to, let, let me hear a little bit more about that. Sure. So I believe like children want to make their own decisions, right? They yeah. need to feel a sense of autonomy. And from the time that they're little, whether it's them picking out, I always talk to parents of young kids, you know, that are struggling getting their kids dressed and out of the house that, yeah. you know, you give them the two choices and let them choose which they're going to wear that day. Limit their choices, obviously, when they're little. But um, and as they get older, they're wanting to make those decisions for themselves, whether what they wear to school that day, how they do their hair, what they're going to pack for lunch, what they're going to eat. And that um, as parents, especially as they're going through this time, in my opinion, I think that it's really important that we start to let them make those decisions and yeah. kind of back off. And if we can do that as a slow, slowly through their lives, I have had success with my teenagers with them now being able to make all those decisions and not having to go back and then put rules on them. And I feel like that's where a lot of the conflict that I see happening between parents and their teenagers is because they've let them do all of these things. And then 
their decision-making isn't that great. And they're having to pull back and right. start to give them rules and then they rebel. And so, okay. So, I don't know if I had any yeah, let me, that. I'll speak to that. So, so I think it comes back down to building those anchors that I talked about. You know what I mean? As far as like gratitude, moving the body, what she may need to kind of recharge it every mm -hmm. every girl's going to be totally different right so what she may, so really encouraging like i have a conversation with nyla my daughter quite often you know wow you have a big week coming up how are you feeling about that you know how are you being how are you preparing for that where you're filling your bucket or your bank and you know how can i support you so i think also making it fun and you know because everything is a little more serious, you know, these days and all the time. So really bringing in some silliness, some laughter. I talk a lot about, and in fact, this card says in our deck, live your joy. You know, it's like, so I think when I'm working with um, moms of preteens or grownups of preteens or the preteen themselves, it's all about what are you doing for this joy piece? You know, because they're like all these rules, all these things I can't do. And it's like, building the anchors, having them have that resiliency, that intentionality, that sustainability from the anchors, from the food, from the sleep, from everything. So then when they get off a little bit, it's not such a big deal. You know what I mean? And I, I think you and I are on the same exact same page with like empower, empowerment for them. You know what I right. mean? Like they get to choose. Right. Awesome. To an extent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, and they're going to make mistakes along the way totally. and not 100%. choose proper, not choose the way we would have chosen. And then we have to have those conversations around that. Um, I wanted to go into a little bit more specifics around the period talk and around the actual puberty and what advice you have for moms on how to navigate that. Like, what are the things we're looking out for? What are some strategies we can use for that inevitable day when they first get their period? Um, that how do we talk to them about those things what your opinion on all that is yeah and so I think this is a it's it's an interesting conversation because every you know grown-up mom they're going to handle that differently with their daughter mm -hmm. but I really think it's it's like just you know being aware being a good you know um as good of a listener as you can and I know that sometimes like two minutes being present is the way it is at, at times you know when we're all busy just being a really good listener and just teaching her to, like I said, build the anchors, eat the nourishing food, all of these things will really help. It's, it's interesting, like help to get that conversation going of like, you know, so, you know, are you noticing these changes in your body or, you know what I mean? Like you can come to it in any way, you know what I mean? But it's kind of like just having the conversation feel not so constricting and feel a little bit more, I don't know, relaxed around the whole situation. Cause every, every girl, you know, with their period or they're kind of like maybe at a different stage than their friends, you know, mm -hmm. and they're having questions. So, um, and I know we're going to talk about it th this at the end, so I won't go into it much, but the resource guide, the free resource guide that I developed have a, has a lot of, um, I kind of did some of the work. So some parents, you know, don't have to, in a sense of like, books, resources, you know, organic period products, like things that they can kind of look at so that they're a little bit more prepared 
And I encourage if it's comfortable for you, um, or, you know, to talk with your, your daughter about some of those things, you know what I mean? Just about all of it, you know, just having an open conversation if possible, if it's comfortable, sometimes it's not, and that's okay too. Right. But I think it's important that if it's not comfortable for us yeah. as parents, that we have to find someone has to have that conversation with our yes. daughters. And so yes. are they, are you in a school district where they are going to be going through that and having those conversations in your school? Then yeah. can you use that as a jumping board, um, springboard for when they come home? Oh, so what did you guys talk about? What were some of the questions that the kids had in the class? Like, that way exactly yeah i think finding a doorway into to talk about it right. you know what i mean it could be any doorway but yes support it you know i don't know every school so different my daughter yeah. just started a middle school this year so okay it, and they have quite a lot i'm impressed with the support that they have there just on all on all aspects so you know but we obviously with with me and with nyla it's kind of like an you know an open book you know what i mean right. and i gauge it by by the changes I'm seeing, you know, right. and taking a step back a little bit and seeing the changes maybe in the mood or the body and what's happening. And, you know, just talking to her about those things in a way that is nourishing. I guess that's what I would really, that's like a tip there. It's like, how is, how is, how is it nourishing, you know, or maybe light. And sometimes it isn't light. Sometimes you have to talk about things that, you know, aren't light. But just nourishing, I guess, is, is what I would suggest. Okay. Um, what, if we, so that was, step one was the hormones and having yep. that conversation. Step two, can you remind me? Step two yeah, was that was the, the, like, filling the energy bank, you know, empowering okay. to fill, fill the energy bank. And then step three is just, I talk a little bit about um, kind of knowing what's in your products. And this is right. in no way, shape or form, like throw out everything or what you're using isn't right. I just, I don't work like that. It's more about knowing that our girls tend to start putting a little bit more products on their body, you know, preteen teens, even if it's not makeup or anything, it could be, you know, deodorant, face right. wash, you know, um, soap, you know, all of these things, or they want to play around with a little makeup, maybe, maybe not. So just really kind of, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the environmental working group. I, I am. I did yeah. as with babies, especially yes. mostly for sunscreen, right? When they yes. were little, trying yes. to find a sunscreen that wasn't was on the healthier side or not as toxic. Yeah. So I talk about the environmental working group. I'd love to let, um, you know, moms and grownups that maybe don't know about it to look into the environmental working group. They have an app. You can get an app on your phone. I think it's called Healthy Living now. Um, where you can actually scan products and see kind of, you know, if they're in the database, you can see, you know, you know, what is kind of the level of toxic toxicity or whatever in your products, because it can stay natural and organic. And since our, you know, personal care is not super regulated in the United States, it may not be super good. So I come at it in an approach of maybe swap out one product. Or maybe if your, your girl's gonna wanna start wearing some lip gloss, you go with a company that tests for heavy metals because there's a lot of heavy metals in our co color cosmetics. So it's about just um, you know education rather than everything you're using isn't good or throw out everything, do you know what I mean? So, and, and mm -hmm. that is to really support the endocrine system, which is you know the reproductive system. And it's 
developing and it's changing. And so we really want to make sure we're not using a lot of products that are endocrine disruptors. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm really curious. I, I, I'm 48. So I've been coaching young women for a very long time. And so many of those women that I first started coaching are all mothers now themselves. And I don't know if it's just talked about more or if it's an actual really big problem, but the amount of infertility and the amount of struggles that women are, that women that I know now who have struggled to get pregnant um, and keep pregnancies and all of that seems so much higher than what it was when I was younger and I, 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 that's a concern. Like it's a concern for my children. It's a concern as we think forward as to what the products are that they're using. Um, I mean, we probably just didn't talk about it as much when I was younger, but I'm glad that there is more talk and more support and more resources out there. But I, I feel like this is a piece of that, right? Like yeah, the amount of microwave food I ate and packaged food. And when, you know, my mom was just trying to run her family and go back to work and all of the, the things that were convenient that weren't healthy for us. Right. And so totally. I wonder now um, with, our children if we can do better that way. Yeah, and I love that you bring all that up because you know, if you don't if you don't know, you just don't know, you know, or if you're at Whole Foods and you pick up something and it says organic or you're at Safeway or wherever you may shop, you know, and it says natural organic, you're like, "Cool." So it's like you're you're trying to make these these great decisions and that's step 1 and just learning more about things. That's why I put together that resource guide because, awesome. you know, it's just, yeah, it's just knowing more and being a little bit more educated in a way that isn't shameful at all. You know, it's just learning more. Right. Yeah. Um, the, do you, so one of the things that I have done or I'm, I mean, she's 11. So I did with my oldest was I put together a little package and put it in her backpack so that the first time she gets her period that they can be prepared for that very first time when they're yes. probably not going to be at home. And so um, that was sort of a tip that I have done that I think it starts the conversation. Like, what would you do if you got your period at school, making sure you've had that conversation with them. So um, when they're 11, I'm, you know, I'm going to put a couple, you know, some pads or panty liners and a pair of underwear, you know, in a, in a little makeup bag that I yeah. have that looks very, indiscriminate like doesn't look like anything that's just in their backpack do you have any other kinds of tips or tricks like that that parents maybe haven't thought about but could help set up their children for success as they go yeah. through this time i love that it's about just opening that conversation again you know and being prepared and putting just a couple of things um i mean another thing is you know you can also some people may go oh, i don't know about that but if your daughter wants to actually try on the pad in her underwear, so she knows how it feels, you know what right. I mean? Just, you know, and that's a personal choice, obviously. But that's another thing that um, some moms that I've been talking to, they're like, wow, it's not a big deal now because she's like tried on the pad and she's walked around. She knows how it feels in her underwear, you know, and we can kind of laugh about it. She's like, this feels like a diaper, <laughs> you know, and that brings in again, the silliness. Right. Um, the other thing is I really, I do love the organic project. It's called Top. Um, and they have a great peer, first period box. We um, got one and there's just not a lot of junk in there, you know, like perfume stuff. And, you know, it's just the things you need. Cute little right. pouch, a book that talks about like puberty and what to expect. 
And it just, it's great. And so I would totally, again, it's on my resource uh, guide, but just, you know, bringing in the fun with it is what I would, and being prepared. I love that you just mentioned that because, you know, it is a concern. Or what if I get my period in a pool? Or if I'm at my friend's house? Or, you know, and that I feel is just amazing conversation starters. So it's right. like, great. How would you feel if we put this in your backpack all the time? Or how would you feel if, you know, so-and-so or what, you know, whatever it may be. Right. Or would you be comfortable asking, yep. you know, going to the mom? I mean, we all have it. So the more that it's open with us as yep. parents or the women in the house, like them seeing, well, again, with your comfort, but like in our house, everything's pretty wide open. They, yeah. I talk about having my period. They, I mean, kids are always in the bathroom and out of the bathroom and I mean, all of that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, having, yes, having all those conversations. And I like the, I, what would you do in this situation? I think yes. it's a great lead in conversation, lead in topic to ask the kids about how they would do with it. Um, the other thing I would think that's really, really important in all of this is what's really hard is if you've never had any conversations. So again, if you're already have a tween and you've never had these conversations, this is going to be a bit of a harder, um, more uncomfortable possibly for you to go into. So if we have moms that are listening that have little ones, the earlier we can have these conversations and make them not such a big deal, but just part of life, yeah. I think then that makes those conversations as they get a little bit older, a little bit easier. I, um, I've been known often in this family with both my boys and my girls to ask very awkward questions, not in front of other people, but like when we're alone in the car, I'll just be like, so got any hair in your armpits yet? Yes, you know? <laughs> exactly. I will. I'll just ask these random questions because if I don't ask them, I won't know. And I don't see them. Like the other thing is as your kids get older, you don't see them naked as much as you did right. when they were little. So right. I have a far less, like when they're little, you know, everything that's going on with their bodies. You're, you know, that when they're pooping and peeing and eating and when their skin has a rash or any of those sorts of things. And as they get older, you, you don't get that anymore and nor you know they have their privacy their own body they're learning autonomy and what's okay to share and not share so I do no. I do ask these very awkward questions every once in a while um for both the boys and the girls and I surprisingly they answer me like I'm always expecting them to be really kind of caught off guard and, <laughs> and not want to share but they do they they all answer so I feel like that's the only way I get to know what's going on and where they are at in that sort of um long line of puberty like as they work through like where are we at with them and what's their health like because they're also going to have to tell us if something's wrong because they need to go see the doctor right so that conversation yeah. has to has to be exactly. happening and I love you know if the conversation isn't you know happening or maybe isn't easy and you know for whatever reason it's like you know maybe you're gonna grab a book you know, that you yes. obviously approve first. And that's why I like, I do like the top uh, first period box. They have a great book in it. Um, okay. And, you know, you, you obviously check it first, right? And then if you're comfortable, hey, you want to look at this? You would mm -hmm. be surprised um, at a couple of the girls that I've talked to their moms. They're like, wow, she dug into that book. And then she was asking me things. Right. So again, it's just such a personal choice, but I really love that you bring it up. Yeah. And the books I, we did definitely do that with my oldest as they, my first children going through, I definitely had some books that I, that they got and that I asked them to read and we went through together as well. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. I love all of that. Um, can you 
the other piece that I think you have that's a bit unique that I get a little bit of because I work with so many young women, but is most moms probably don't get, which is you get to work with young girls and talk to them and try to find out from them what is it that they wish that their moms knew about the things that they were going through or um, what do they wish that their moms, how their moms could help them more or do they want more autonomy or those sorts of things. Do you have any pieces of advice in regards to that? Well, it's, again, it's interesting because a lot of the conversations that came up when the girls would gather here to, you know, maybe do the art or when, you know, my daughter's friends may be around or with um, clients because I, I do, you know, I do talk to quite a few teen girls. Um, it's just kind of like they say a lot of the same things like, oh, I just want to, you know, be more independent. Like, I don't want to have, you know, I'm going to make my own choices. Like, I, you know, I get kind of embarrassed around things or you know what I mean it's just like it's just so different with every as you know you have four children it's so different with every single you know child and how they do all of that so it's 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 a little bit I'm not really sure exactly how to answer that question but okay. I would just I would just say that um uh, the big theme is kind of like, is this normal? Is this, you know, I, I kind of want to deal with this a little bit independently, you know, but yet you can tell that they're like, well, is so-and-so having this or is so-and-so looking like this or what's going on? A lot of the stuff that come up with the friendship conversations. So it's just, it's dynamic. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> one, I was, one of the things that I've always tried to instill in my kids is don't be the first <laughs> I mean, they can't help it if they're the first one to get their period or the first one to develop breasts or the first totally. one to, to go through those. But I'm always like, you know, sit back and kind of watch whether it's relationships or some one of their friends is starting to date a boy or is exploring other things. I can't think of an example, but yeah. I'm always like, just sit back and like watch what happens, like learn from your friends from their, you know, mistakes and missteps and all of that. And then you can decide for yourself you know, are you willing to take that risk? Is that something you want to participate in or partake in? And I've always kind of, that's been an overriding theme in my house is don't yeah. be the first to try something. Just kind of sit back and watch and learn. And it's been actually really, really great. It's been one of the ways I think my oldest really does. She kind of sits back and watches what happens and then can make her own decisions based on what she sees because obviously she's not seeing that in my house. She, that's only through experience that they're going to learn those um, yeah. learn that information and learn how that works. So I love that you, you know, you bring that up. A lot of the work I do with, with moms of preteens and, and the preteens themselves is really like, be you, you know what I mean? Be confident. You're a gift. You know, you're very unique. We, we ran a camp last summer and we had over 200 girls register all over the world. And on some of the zoom days, there were like 80, 90 girls and it was all about like just what inspires you so that's another tool and tip i use a lot what's inspiring you mm -hmm. you know talk about the things that you want to do we had girls that want to start businesses or that love knitting and they just start knitting things or baking it could be anything and so again bringing it into be you you have these gifts and this confidence, unapologetic confidence, you know what I mean? And it doesn't mean that you have to be the loudest girl in the room or you have to speak up all the time. It's really about just being you. Um, and so that, that really grounds into my philosophies and what I'm really in alignment with, with the Nourish Girls Project, what I teach with my daughter and what I talk about a lot with my clients. 
I love that message. I think that if nothing else in this whole po- this episode today, this podcast yeah. episode, that's like one of the number one things I think that we want to try to encourage our kids as they go through puberty and tweenhood into teenagehood is to really, because there's so much, they don't know who they are sometimes, right? Or they get confused or they're not sure who they should be or any of that. And so the more we can really, as their moms, help them be honest with themselves about the things that they like. What are the things that they like to do? How do they want to behave or act or are passionate about? And let, help them realize that that is all about them. And that's what makes them special. And that's what makes them unique. And if they can stay true to those things, then they can have fun with all of the other things as well. As long as they're, you know, unapologetically staying themselves, right? Through no. it all. A hundred percent. And with the card deck, that's what was so fascinating. I mean, all the messages in the card deck, I was just blown away with the artwork and the messages were all around. It was just, I mean, it was amazing to me. I mean, just anything from like, be yourself, speak your truth. I mean, these are like, I'm like writing down what they're saying and I'm going, wow, this is like powerful. This is powerful Mm -hmm. stuff, you know? And so being able to like, have those messages and really just know that if anything else, just know that like you're a gift and live your joy however you can. It's just, it's something obviously you can tell I'm really fired up about because it's, it's could be the bridge to conversations. It could be, you know, how you can help them through, you know, hard times without Mm -hmm. fixing it, but teaching them to walk through it. Right. You know what I mean? Awesome. Well, this was a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much, Amy, for coming on today and being a part of the podcast. Um, I know that you have a special um, something for the people who are listening today. Can you go into that a little bit? And then I'll put the links below in the podcast notes and on the show notes. Absolutely. So I thank you for having me, Stephanie. It's been a wonderful conversation. And yes, I have a free, um, I call it healthy, get ready resource guide. And it's all around everything we're talking about, puberty, periods, prep, and everything in between. And what this resource guide is, is I kind of just started going, I don't know so much about some of these products, company, people, people. So I started doing some research and I put together a starting list. I'm sure this will build over time, but put together a starting list for, you know, like some great organic pad companies and, you know, low tox, uh, safer skincare and the books and, you know, a place where if you needed to get custom tinctures made from herbalists that you could call and say, hey, my daughter's feeling this way. Can I get something made and mailed to me? I mean, there's so many great resources. And the intention around it is to, you know, really meet that, you know, busy mom, busy parent where they're at and go, ah, I'm not prepared. Okay, great. Click on this link, order yourself a first period box, get this, whatever it may be. You'll be a little bit more prepared. Awesome. I did. I had a look at it and there's so much stuff within that resource guide that I think our listeners, my listeners will find valuable. So I encourage you to make sure you click the link over on Amy's website. I'll put the link below and then you can as well get those resources and see what resonates with you and where you guys are at as moms of your tweens and teens to help them navigate this uncharted waters. If this is your first one going through this for sure. So again, Amy, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you coming on and it's been great to get to know you and learn about the Nourish Girls Project. And I think what you're doing with the summer camps and the, um, the 
Zoom, I mean, everything's modified right now due yeah. to the time that we're in, but I, I hope that the world goes back to a time when a place when we can all get back together again and that your summer camps and your events all flourish and are amazing and that you um, continue to impact so many young women's lives in such a positive way. So again, thank you very much for coming on with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real honor. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Lazy Parenting. As always, I would love it if you could share and uh, leave a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you can take a screenshot of the podcast and share it on your social media, that would be awesome too. I think today's episode has a lot in it that might help parents get through this time that we're all struggling through. So I appreciate you. I love you. And thanks so much for listening in today. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week.